Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Did you miss me? <laughs> it's been like four days, but I record. I gave you guys a lot of good ones last week, I feel like. I feel like I gave you like 10 to 15 episodes last week, so I don't want to hear any complaining, but uh, a couple of you reached out to me. I was telling my business partner, my dear friend Steph today, that um, I took the last three mornings and just stayed at home. Um, I still went and worked out, but um, I, I stayed at home and um, ooh, look at all those cows. I've never seen those before. Must have moved pastures. Um, I stayed at home and uh, I just felt like I was missing, you know, because I was. I was missing mornings with my kid. And I don't, like, have to be anywhere for my job. So as much as I believe, you know, working out first thing in the morning is, like, very important. Um, I wanted to spend a couple mornings at home with my family. And uh, I got to share some precious, just, I mean, like, nothing happened. They're just precious little moments, you know. Like, yesterday, I come around the corner and Ada's playing on her mat on the floor. And um, Geneva and Bane are snuggling each other on the couch. I got a picture of that. You know, just, like, nice things like that in the morning. She's so smiley and fuzzy in the morning. She's smiley and fuzzy all the time, but especially in the morning. So, um... I wanted to I wanted to spend more time at home in the morning. Should I say in the morning one more time? <laughs> my, my wife is probably my harshest critic. Uh, I still have to find... Oh, I know I could flame her so hard right now, but I'm not going to. For a little um, pregnant lady issue she was having the other day. But uh, I'll, I'll just I'll leave that stone unturned. But uh, I should flame her. I should absolutely flame her, but I, I won't. <laughs> yeah, she, she was, uh, first of all, she was like, you need to stop eating when you're recording, which I agree with, but she like, she came at me pretty hard about it. And then what, what, what was the original? What was I going to say? She was flaming me for something else the other day in regards to the, oh, like when I repeat words a lot, she'll be like, oh, did it help? Did you stay home in the morning? Was it in the morning? Are you staying home? Was it? I, yeah, obviously I'd never hit my wife, but sometimes I want to throw in her chokehold when she does that. So, <laughs> but, but, uh, never. Um, but yeah, so spent the last few mornings at home and, uh, now I'm back on the routine. I got an IV drip. Uh, what was it? Monday IV drip and then hit legs um, today, instead of Muay Thai, I'm lifting to get back on track with that. And then I'm going to hit Muay Thai tomorrow morning, um, per usual, on schedule. I'm starting to feel like myself again. I uh, I was telling you guys how I, I think I, I just fried my CNS system. I, I, CNS system is redundant. My CNS, my central nervous system, uh, last week. And I've had a couple trainers that listen to this message me and be like, dude, of course your CNS was fried. You go from Muay Thai, kicking and punching and hardcore cardio for an hour and 15 minutes, and then you go squat 500 pounds. <laughs> I got, didn't think of it that way. So um, I got some well-needed rest this weekend too, which was good. But yeah, I'm starting to feel like myself again, physically. I'm starting to feel strong again. I'm starting to get that edge back. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel weird like I did the past couple of days, so... I think I just needed a little little bit of rest. I got some good sleep last night. And here we go, baby. Um, 
what do we want to talk about today, boys and girls? A lot going on in the world right now, huh? Ohio just passed, so if you guys remember, you can go back to the episode. I think it's um, it's called LD1619. Um, I went and spoke. I'm trying to find my Zins. Um, hey, you shouldn't be looking for your Zins when you're reporting. Shouldn't you pull? Uh, LD1619 was a bill I spoke against here in Maine, which allows for abortion up to the day of birth, um, and it passed. So we had a resounding um, outpouring of just opposition to this bill. Uh, I think it's like 7,000 people came to speak against it, like four people spoke for it, and they still passed it. Um, I just, I can't stand these women, bro. I can't. I'm sorry, ladies. I know. I know. I'm now, I'm always digging at you, but it's, it's just. <sighs> now, Ohio uh, passed, I think it's called Rule 1, which is the same bill. It's basically the same bill. So it's allowing for abortion up to the day of birth, um, which is just obviously tragic, you know, and very, very unfortunate. I just, um. You know, if you've had an abortion and you're listening to me, it's no different than any other sin, right? I mean, I obviously think it's particularly heinous because you're killing a child. You know, that's a little different than driving drunk, you know. But I don't want to condemn you. Um, But I do want to condemn you if you're still an advocate for abortion. You know, there has to be repentance here, and I, I just, I, I can't, I can't imagine it's going to go well uh, on Judgment Day for the unrepentant uh, abortion haver and activist. I just, I can't imagine it's going to go well, you know, um, and you know, at the end of the day, you need to just call it what it is, and it's murder. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's murder. You're ending a life. Well, it's not a, shut up. It's a life and you know it. It's a life. It's, it's, well, can't exist outside the mother. That doesn't make it not a life. You can't, you, when, when you were a baby, you couldn't exist without your mother. Retard. You know what I mean? When you were two months old, if your mom left you for three days, you'd be dead. What's the difference? You know, it's just, um, there's no, there's no solid pro-abortion argument. You know, then they start getting into, well, what if she took a trip to Venezuela and was gang raped on a Tuesday and the president extradited her to the blah, 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 and the baby was going to be born with six arms and no legs and a genetic, blah, blah, you know what I mean? They, they bring up these less than 1% cases. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the communities that really suffer the most from this are the black community and just poor people in general. It's eugenics, dude. The lady that, like, really kind of dug in with this abortion stuff in the 60s was a hardcore eugenist. Eugenicist? Eugenist? Eugenist. She was into eugenics. Hardcore. Did not like black people. <laughs> Extremely racist. You know, um... So that's, there's that, you know, so just pray. I I just try to pray as much as I can for intervention. 
like that the mom that's going to kill her child would she would run into somebody that would just change her mind you know and save these babies and the thing is is the other thing you get is um well well how many kids have you adopted do you ever plan on adopting kids it's not my responsibility to handle the poor choices you've made in life what abortion is and at its very core and what women are really good at is shirking responsibility and I've talked about this many many times that many women not all many women have no they do not take accountability for their actions they don't you see this with this woman who uh, the MLB pitcher was he for the Dodgers like came out just had black and white text messages that this girl and her friend were like planning to like ruin his life and take his money and these text messages come out and this woman still still well he was a little rough with me one time when we had sex so it's like no accountability whatsoever women have a very very i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today with you guys but women have a really hard time taking accountability so what what abortion is at the end of the day is completely shirking your responsibility and completely absolving yourself of all accountability of the situation. It's not my job to take care of your kids and it's not my job to, to make you keep your legs closed at the end of the day. If you do not want to have a child, you do not let people ejaculate inside of you. It's very, very, very simple. It is not a complicated thing. It's a very easy thing. It's not like you you just, you know, you're on a public train and you sit down in a seat and you get pregnant. No, it's like there's a lot there's a lot that goes into getting pregnant and the woman has all of the control in the situation. If you do not want to have a baby, you do not let people ejaculate in you. It's very simple, ladies. And if you choose to give into your passions and you let somebody inside of you you need to take responsibility for that and raise the child we and then the other thing is well what if they have a bad life should we just start killing babies in case they have bad lives and there's many people that have come out of really horrible situations and been great people i think it's crazy to say well this baby's gonna grow up poor so we might as well kill it you know that's an argument that these people use is that well if the baby's going to be born into poverty it's better to just end its life and then you're playing God you're trying to you know so I I just you know if you listen to me and you're pro-abortion I would really and you can't if you're pro-abortion and you call yourself a Christian you're not a Christian you're not you're not saved there's no way that a saved person with a regenerated soul Okay, that has the Holy Spirit would believe in abortion. So if you are an abortion advocate, you are not a Christian. I'm just letting you know right now, you're not saved. You're not saved. There's no way that you can have, again, a regenerated soul and heart and be an abortion advocate. It's not possible. The other thing is this whole Israel and Palestine thing is just, uh, you know, they're talking about a draft and you're starting to see white guys in the army commercials. That's how you know we're going to war. They brought white dudes back with buzz cuts in the army commercials, not a bunch of fat black women. That's how you know we're going to war. 
because I, I actually did, I was talking about this on Instagram probably three months ago, four months ago before all this happened, and there was a Navy commercial, and it was all just chubby women. <laughs> it's like, now it's like fit white men with buzz cuts. You know we're going to war. You know, and I was saying the other day that I will never get drafted to go to serve, to go to some, to play in your little dirty desert politics. I'm really getting sick and tired of this stuff, man. Um, you know, I, on either side, whether, and I've, all my good friends, I've said this many times, are Jews. I think that if I had such strong allegiance to another country, like, let's say I was Portuguese, you know, I, I'm from Brazil, I speak Portuguese, I'm living in the U.S., and my country comes under attack. And I'm a hardcore, you know, that's where my roots are, that's where my family is, I immigrated here, you know, even if it was a couple of generations ago and I had strong loyalty and ties to Brazil, I would go fight that battle myself and not call for the sons of other men to die on, on my behalf. Like, if you care so much, deploy. Go ahead and enlist and deploy. I don't want to hear you posting, the, just, just enlist and deploy. Whether you're Palestine, whether you're pro-Palestine or you're pro-Israel, I don't really care on both sides. You know, I feel like I need to say this. If you feel that strongly about what's happening in the Middle East and you're calling for war, 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 and you got blood coming out from your teeth just screaming for violence, you should get a helmet and a gun and head on over there yourself. Leave your kids, leave your family behind and deploy. I can respect that. What I don't respect is all these people saying that we need to get dragged into World War III while they sit on their couch. <laughs> oh, oh, somebody else will fight my war for me. You know, I, I just, I don't know. That's just, uh, that's one thing I want to say about that whole conflict. On both sides. On both sides. Pro-Palestine, pro-Israel, don't care. If you, if you go, go deploy. Go deploy. So that's that's what I have to say about that issue there because I've had a couple people ask me what my stance is. And I, I've got a completely different stance on the overall conflict. You know what I think is interesting is that, you know, you have... Um, so the Palestinians want their own place to be Palestinians and the Israelites want their own place to be Israelites, right? Jews. But if I were to suggest that I wanted a white ethno state, state, I'd be on four watch lists and be branded as a white supremacist. Like imagine if I just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go, we're going to all go to Nebraska, a bunch of white dudes, and we're going to start a community there. Um, because we want to be around people with similar beliefs that, as us and that look the same as us, I would immediately be branded as a racist. I'd be called a white supremacist. But it's okay for everybody else to have their own countries. You guys notice that? Have you noticed that? You know how Europe has been completely taken over and they, and they laugh, they wave it in your faces. Like there was this thing the other day where there was this black guy and he was in Ireland and he's like, yeah, we're slowly taking Ireland over. Ireland's getting blacker and browner. And he's sitting there and he's laughing. He's like, yeah, the whites are going extinct in Ireland. And he's laughing. It's like, how is that okay? How is that an okay thing to say? I would never, 
be proud of going to Sedan, not that I would ever want to go there, but in just in, infiltrating it with white people and being like, oh yeah, Sedan's getting whiter and whiter, the blacks are going extinct, could you imagine? Can you imagine? It's just, uh, I just find all of this very, very interesting. And that, like, what's, 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 honestly, what's happening is that you can see there's a very clear effort to, like, get rid of white people or subjugate them. There's a very, very clear effort. Um, I don't know how people don't recognize it at this point. You know, you can see very, very clearly that white people have been demonized our ancestors have been demonized men who did great 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 things have been demonized we've been demonized we're told that we have inherent privilege and blah 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 you know what I think privilege is I think privilege is being able to commit crimes with impunity being able to get ahead of somebody in line for a college or a job because of the color of your skin, that's privilege. I don't have that privilege. I don't get accepted into things. I don't get special loan applications because I'm white. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and I know, there's, there's, you could go to the other side and say that I also don't have to worry about getting shot in a traffic stop and all this stuff. Well, you know, if 13% of the population commits 60% of the violent crimes and we're not addressing that issue the right way, there's going to be inherent bias. But inherent bias isn't a bad pattern. Pattern recognition is not racist. Recognizing patterns is not racist. They're trying to convince you. Liberal education has convinced many, many people that noticing patterns is racist. That if you're walking down the street and a black guy walks towards you at night and you're a, a young white woman and you cross the street, you're a racist. Well, if I'm a young white woman and I know that this gentleman in front of me coming towards me represents a, a small fraction of the population that commits a massive amount of the violent crime, it's wise to take precautionary measures. Does that mean that all... See, people are going to take this and run with this. Does this mean that all black people are, are, are dangerous? Absolutely not. But when 13% of the population accounts for 60% of the violent crimes, you're going to probably be a little uneasy around that segment of the population. It's that simple. If you're walking alone at night down a city street. Now, could you get shivved and robbed by a white guy? Of course you could. Of course you could. But if yeah, it's just it's just statistics, man. And at the end of the day, facts don't care about your feelings. And there's no such thing as a racist fact. See, a fact just is. Facts are not good nor bad. They're not good nor evil. They're just facts. Now, can you take an evil approach? You know, do I think you treat a certain segment of the population poorly because they're more predisposed to committing crime? No, I don't think you treat them poorly. But what we do need to do is we need to have a conversation and come up with solutions 
to help this segment of the population. And a lot of it has to do with fathers. A lot of it has to do with fathers. You know, all of and I've talked about this many, many times. That's why, guys, you know, this is really what I want to talk about, actually. There was a post somebody shared with me the other day. And it was a dad. Um, and he had a big, beautiful family. It showed him uh, holding all of his daughters. And he had like five or six daughters and his wife was pregnant. So it was like a video of him trying to pick up all of his daughters and hold all of his daughters. And his pregnant wife is next to him. Beautiful family. Healthy, gorgeous looking family. And the comment section was a massacre. Massacre. It's irresponsible to have that many kids. This isn't right. They're probably religious. Tell me you're religious without telling me you're religious. That woman is oppressed. He's using her body like a clown car. All of these horrible, nasty, disgusting comments. And I said to myself, we need to all be doing what this guy is doing. Now listen to me. Good people need to fill, and I was having this conversation with a close friend of mine the other day on my way back, or on my way to Erie last week. Good people need to fill the earth with their children and let these nasty little rats breed themselves into extinction. Think about it. Fine, you don't need to have any kids. I'll have 10 kids, you have zero. That's fine with me because my 10 kids are going to be raised right. And then they're going to have more great kids. God willing. And then their kids are going to have more great kids. And we're going to fill the earth with good people. And all of these child-hating, porn-addicted, nasty cretins can continue to have no kids. And this is why, guys, why do you think... The LGBT blah, blah, blah community targets kids. Why do you think they're preaching gender ideology in schools? Why do you think they have drag queens going to read to little children at libraries? Why do you think this is? Well, they can't have kids of their own. Right? You're gay. You can't have kids. You can't. You can't. it's It's physically impossible. If you're a woman, you're married to a woman, you can't have kids. If you're a guy and you're married to a guy, you can't have kids. If you've sterilized yourself with gender reassignment surgery, you can't have kids. So if you can't have kids, how do you keep your subspecies alive? Well, you need to go after the kids of the normal people. It's all very clear. When you start to understand how this all works, it's no accident that they're doing this in schools. It's no accident that they've got guys in dresses reading to little kids. It's n- none of this is on uh, it's it's all very purposefully and methodically planned out and executed. They know they can't have kids. So they need to win your children to their side. They need to win your children to their side. So now more than ever, because I hear a lot of, well, I don't want to raise kids 
in this world. See, we're, we're just all we're all just going to give up. We're all just going to give up because it's harder now. Because it's darker now. I don't know. I just uh, I don't want to say cowardly because I think it comes from good intentions. I used to be the same way, by the way. Many years ago, not even many, five, six years ago, if you would have asked me if I wanted to have kids, I would have been like, dude, I don't know. In this world, with everything that's going on, I might have said that five to six years ago. But now, I understand that there's a war, there's a battle here. There's a war going on. And we, good people, God-fearing people, loving, caring people, hard-working people, need to be the one filling the earth with our children. And the other agenda is obviously the population control. There's a very clear population control thing going on right now. Um, And it's spearheaded at the very tip of this nasty spear. It's the climate change movement. You know, you're going to see a lot of of what they're trying to do. So what what the elitists are trying to do is they're trying to create one world, a new world order, a new world government, one world government, right, where they control everything. And what they're using to establish, they need a crisis. They need some kind of a crisis to concentrate power. Okay, this is what's happening. It's going to turn out really bad. If you do not want it to turn out really bad, if you want to fix this, then we need to come together as a world and we blah, blah, blah. And what are they using? Climate change. And it's so funny because... First it was the ozone layer, then it was the ice caps, and then it was we're going to freeze, and then it was we're going to be too hot. It's I don't understand how people can't just very clearly see that they've missed the mark because they, they, they're lying. You know what I mean? They're lying. I remember being in middle school, and, and by 2020, we're going to be completely out of fossil fuels. We're not even close. We're not even close to out. Not even close. Oh, by 2015, the ice caps are going to be gone. California and New York City, they're going to be underwater. Remember that? Ice caps are fine. It's just, um, it's manufactured. It's just like COVID. COVID was a little test shot. I don't think they meant... I think they knew COVID would last probably two to three years. But it was a test run. They wanted to see how many people were willing to give up their their liberty for safety. And many, many people did. And I'm sure it was very encouraging to the globalists to see everybody wearing masks, not visiting grandma, staying six feet apart, and getting a vaccination basically against their will to keep their job and blah, 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 blah. I'm sure that the globalists look at COVID as a major victory to their ends. Because at the end of the day, you know, I know that there's a lot of people out there that say they wouldn't do it again. But there's only a very small remnant that I think would really stand by that. And the reason why I say that is I believe at some point 
I don't know if it's going to be in our life, my lifetime, but it's going to come to the point where you will, you would basically need to die for your beliefs. I really, truly believe. You know, I, I think what they're going to do is they're moving everything on grid, and they want to get everybody to these 15-minute cities. So, 15-minute city, they call it out. They're building one here in Maine, uh, in Scarborough going to be the first one in Maine. And what it is, it's like they, they call it like eat, live, play, right? You don't need a car. So you live in a townhouse, a little tiny townhouse with a bunch of other people around you. You don't own any land. You live in a townhouse and your shopping is a 10 minute walk from you max. Like the idea is you could get everywhere 15 minutes walking. So you live in a little townhouse. You don't own a vehicle. Your shopping center is just three-minute walk away. Pharmacies, four minutes away. You want to go bowling, five minutes away. Like, everything's right next to where you live. And what they want to do is they want to move everybody onto these 15-minute cities. And you look at these companies like BlackRock that are buying up. Look at how much land... These companies are buying up, and you'll see there's something very sinister at work here. They want to move everybody to these 15-minute cities. Because once you got everybody moved onto these 15-minute cities and they don't own land, you control every aspect of everybody's life. You control every aspect of everybody's life. So, I'm at the gym, so I'm going to go. But I just, you know, I'm not trying to doom and gloom you first thing in the morning. But these are things that you guys need to think about. Allow me to teach you how to think and see the world. Because it will help you prepare. Alright, love you guys. Let's get it.